Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week we've got Ben Dale on the show who is CTO at People Plus Group. So People Plus is a leading public service provider supporting hundreds of thousands of people each year. Their mission is to make a different direct difference to the lives of 1 million people by 2022. It's pretty impressive. And their reach spans from Scotland across to Wales and all across England. Um, Ben, the CTO, is an energetic, pragmatic leader who creates robust strategies to deliver IT transformation into business benefits. He's gained some superb experience working for big brands such as Atos and Key Group, and we're extremely pleased to have him on the show today. Hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Really good. So me and Ben last spoke probably about six weeks ago, back in the summer. Um, and then I got a lovely introduction through the fabulous Morgan, who works for Ben. And he said that you'd be a perfect person to have on our podcast and to interview. So I'm glad we found, might, finally managed to get something in the diaries. I know you had a few holidays and me and Sandra have been away. So it worked out really well and excited to hear your story today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. And the uh, less said about Morgan, the better, right? Eh? fantastic um great so i think it'd be really good to start with um if we could find out a little bit more about you um this is all about you now the next half an hour 40 minutes (laughs) this is your platform this is your life (laughs) um so obviously you're currently cto um you have i'm sure gone on a journey to get to where you are today so it'd be really interesting for the viewers and listeners to find out more about how that journey started how you got into tech um and um yeah how you got to where you are now okay well um it's unusual to have the spotlight on me i've got a four-year-old son who's no doubt going to make an appearance or something (laughs) we love that um how did I get into tech? Well, it was a natural progression having studied graphic design at university to go into a career in IT, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had kind of the late realisation that I wasn't a very good graphic designer just as I left university. So it was a case of what, what I would do. Um, and I, it's probably indicative that I wasn't particularly serious about my career back then. Something mm-hmm. that fundamentally changed over time. Um, So I I went into IT having joined a a graduate scheme. But, you know, if you look back at 20-odd years working in and around tech, 
our career really falls into three parts. So I started, as I said, uh, through a graduate scheme in what I would call an operational function. So if I was either um, using the systems that were being used in that particular part of the business or designing them, it was an operational role. Uh, And I really got into, at that point, figuring out how things hang together. Um, A bit of an engineer at heart. I I like understanding how things hang together and typically like like to understand how they break so you can figure out how to fix them. And uh, really got a good insight into the do's and don'ts of service delivery. You know, when you're on the front line, um, mm-hmm. either taking calls on a service desk or or, or or writing a system change for people that are taking calls on the service desk and you know, you're know you dealing with hundreds of calls a day you really see on the front line what it's like to deliver a live service uh, and then I moved into kind of business development type roles and that started in what, what we call back in the Atos days service planning so it was designing solutions that would ultimately go into bids and you'd cost them uh, and ultimately, you'd have to go through all of the investment case. So that was really my first foray into commerciality and understanding the um, kind of the financial viability of a, of a given pursuit. Uh, and because I was service planning and pulling together solutions or pulling together part of solutions, I started to get to grips with products and services that make up the portfolio. And I found that really interesting because it kind of played back into the engineering mindset of, of understanding how things kind of hang together and mm-hmm. starting to figure out if you couple things together into different solutions, then you can really start to drive a bit of innovation and value into, into services. And um, obviously when you, when you support in services, you start to get into supply chain management as well. So that's when I, when I got into um, um, relationship management, be it either relationships with suppliers or clients or within the business. And it really started me in my kind of networking journey. <laughs> and um, the, the third and final part and the one I'm in today is um, kind, of, kind of leadership roles. And I won't lie, I love being in leadership roles. There was a, there was a pivot moment about five years into my career when I thought, yeah, I really do now take my career seriously i'm enjoying progressing i'm enjoying working where i work but i want more responsibility you know and all the trappings that go with it so i went and ultimately pursued leadership roles very lucky to have some great mentors along the way and some great guidance to getting uh, to, to those kind of more senior roles but i think it, the leadership roles are an opportunity to combine the things that you've learned to date be it how things are work and strung together you know, the, the, the viability of things from a technology and operational cost perspective. But ultimately, it's really simple. You know, in leadership, you uh, are given a, a very unique opportunity to orchestrate how things work to lead to three things. You know, you need first and foremost happy colleagues. That's the most important thing in leadership. If your colleagues are in a good place, that starts with your team, goes out across the rest of the, the rest of the organization, then in, invariably, the service levels improve, and, and so do, does, and that goes hand in hand with kind of uh, improved satisfaction from your customers. And if your customers are happy and your colleagues are happy, then invariably that presents on the PL. So you've got a happy set of shareholders, and that's that's how I kind of summarise my my role today. Really, uh, having moved into leadership and uh, really enjoying my time in it. Fantastic. So your leadership career started around five years ago, is that? 
roughly no 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 the, the five years it was about five years into my career when i realized i wanted to get into right. roles i've been right. okay. in the leadership for about 10 years now 10 years okay and i think what would be really interesting to understand in a little bit more detail so when you entered that role that first leadership role um obviously it's been 10 years you'll have gone on a um um, a, a leadership journey there would you would you say that you were a natural leader um or did you you know kind of how did let's tell everyone a bit more about that journey and um, any kind of challenges that you experienced how you learned um to lead um did you go any training courses any books what helped you kind of become the great leader that you are today um <laughs> so am i a natural leader i i think i think the answer's uh kind of kind of so i love i love, I love sports i've always played rugby and um i've always found myself in kind of captain roles on on the pitch and that's just been something that happens quite naturally um so i think i think there's 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 kind of a default or, or an inherent um mm-hmm. desire to have kind of a leadership type function in a given situation does that mean that any ability on the sports ship as a leader uh, sports field on as a leader translates to the business no not for a second so uh, i i got my first uh, deployment into leadership horrifically wrong you know hindsight's a wonderful thing went in with a bit of a big i am attitude thought because i kind of read a few books and had obviously enjoyed a decent trajectory in career development uh, that, that, you know, I knew everything. And as I said, yeah, got it wrong, got it wrong. Um, leadership, in my view, starts with humility and listening. Mm. And I probably didn't display <laughs> either of those <laughs> traits uh, well enough at the time. I uh, had some feedback. I have all been there and done that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, had some feedback and done a lot of career development uh, since mm. then. And uh, the, the, the best learning platform, of course, is experience. You know, every, every new engagement, every new project, every new role that you undertake, it's just incredible experience where you can you know, take the time to reflect on what you've done previously and got right and got wrong and, and augment and modify and, and move forwards. But it all starts with that, that one key word, humility. You know, and, and that's, that's what I got wrong fundamentally in my first foray into leadership. I, I wasn't humble. I was a bit too arrogant going into things. Um, the, the reading and, and the training, you know, that's, that's something that's quite interesting because I'm talking about this quite a lot with colleagues uh, at work at the moment and um, some people I've got a mentoring relationship with uh, because I find behavioural science absolutely fascinating. And it's not something that I ever... Uh, had an academic flair for it actually mm-hmm. came about through career development this this interest in behavioral science and uh, it started off with a, a training program called insights and understanding the you know the four effectively the four key behavioral types of an individual and the the traits of, the, of those behavioral types and crucially how to appeal people with those different traits so you know you read these people and you understand what drives them based on those behavioral traits and then the principle is that you can use your own understanding of your own behavior set to really appeal to that person and get the conversation onto the right wavelength 
and it's a really cool game as well if you're ever allowed to go out to dinner with people and you start guessing the, their character sets and their behavioral mm. traits and it freaks them out because invariably you don't know people very well it's like you're a blue why am i blue anyway <laughs> in there. um and uh the behavioral science uh piece is something that's taken really really seriously here at people plus um, we're an organization that places attracting, retaining and developing the top talent right at the core of what we do every day. And um, everything that we do every day is powered by our colleagues. So the, the, the great conversation, the relationship is key. And we do uh, a lot of development um, referencing the, the works of, of the likes of Professor um, uh, Damien Hughes, um, he's published a number of pieces of work. I've been lucky enough to meet him a couple of times. Great bloke. Oh. Uh, fantastic podcast of his own. Um, uh, one of his most recent um, works, The Barcelona Way. Really, really inspiring read. Um, I like a lot of Simon Sinek's work. Uh, again, it's something that we refer to quite a lot in, in, in People Plus. The reason I like Sinek's work is he keeps things dead simple. You know, principles of always starting with the question, why? You know. Mm-hmm. understand your why if you've got your why then you've got your context you've got your shared objective and the and the what and the how kind of follows naturally but start with the why and his most recent book the infinite game is something that appeals to me constantly because you know if if you're in any kind of leadership role anyway you've got to strike the duality between looking at the finite objective you know the here and now the uh, the, the dealing with a major incident or dealing with the mm. uh, with, 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 with the fiscal close down on that particular period, but you've got to strike the balance with looking infinitely. There's a long term game, and that particularly appeals to me because in my role in tech, I seem to spend and de- and, and, and honestly enjoy spending the vast majority of my, right, my time in the kind of the infinite world, as Sinek calls it. So yeah, do a, a do a lot of reading, not probably as much as I should, to be honest with you. But do, I, I do as much reading as I can. It's hard to find um, time sometimes. He keeps because you've got a four-year-old as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm sure he keeps you busy. I think there was one thing when we spoke a few weeks ago now that kind of like rang out to me about your leadership was that trust piece, and from what I'd heard about you, and I think that's that's so important. How do you think that you've managed to keep that as a leader and grow on that? Because trust is a real issue that that leaders have well people trying to move into leadership it's 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 something that takes a lot of work right it's 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 a good question um i think it it starts with um you know my my default position to everyone in life is that everyone has the right to respect you know i'm not i'm not someone that that goes on the belief principle you have to earn respect everyone gets it by default in my view um and with respect goes trust you know so if if I'm in a in in a position, and I'm lucky, I kind of am quite frequently. If I'm in a position to give someone the trust and the autonomy to work on something towards a shared objective, I view it as my job to give them the safety net to to deliver that objective. And then there's kind of a win-win-win. Yeah, I, I selfishly I win because the objective is delivered and I get to help someone progress. That individual, you know, they 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 get the upside of kind of progressing themselves and the empowerment that goes with feeling like they've achieved something. And finally, the business that you're working for, you know, they, they achieve as well because obviously you're delivering the objective, which is key to the strategic imperative of the business. So um, it's really simple. Yeah, you just, just give people the, the platform, the trust, the autonomy and the safety net to go and do what they're there to do. Um, I, I don't, I don't never really understood the mindset that 
you know, there's distinct roles and responsibilities. I do like blurring edges and boundaries of things. I'm, I'm a pain like that. No, I love that. Sometimes easier said than done though, isn't it? Um, I know that that's in from time to time always been a, a personal challenge of mine from a, a leadership point of view. Particularly when you're new in a role as well. Say again, sorry. I think particularly when you're new in a role and you've just joined a team, it can be it can be tough, can't it? Yeah, there's definitely a cultural side to it, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm I'm dead lucky at People Plus because I'm afforded the trust and autonomy to to, to do these things. So there is, without doubt, um, kind of a pay it back forward, whatever the right phrase is, yeah. um, kind of component to this. If the culture. And, um, and the opportunity that you have affords you the opportunity to then trust and embed a culture, then great. You know, just, just, just run at it. I mean, you know, I've worked in situations where the trust and autonomy hasn't been there and I haven't found those particular roles enjoyable and I've moved on. That's just a personal thing. Mm. Perfect. So I'd love to know a little bit more about how you're motivating teams at the moment and how you've done that successfully at people plus because i think particularly this year has been really tough for everyone leaders managers and i think um it sounds like you've done a really good job of that at people plus but how are you motivating teams through times of change as well i noticed that you, you mentioned earlier that you, you're mixing things up a little bit within your team at the moment as well so how, how you're doing that so uh, it, it starts with communication you know mm-hmm. dialogue and I don't know what you guys think, but I've, I've found the, the, I mean, look, I don't want, certainly, certainly not in a position to trivialize um, the impact of, of COVID on, on lives. And clearly um, we have got the, uh, the news that is rippling out today around the, the next wave of whatever is mm. to come. Um, but I think there's an irony in, in, in the COVID lockdown period that uh, a lot of teams and certainly ours have become closer because there's been such a focus on communication. That's that's what it all starts with. The motivation starts with communication. Nothing mm. more complex than that. You know, it's we think that as well, didn't we? We were saying a lot of the time. I think throughout the whole lockdown process, it was that vulnerability that everyone had and opening up about all not just people that you might usually only talk about work to. You mm. before you know it, there is inner screen in your home. I mean, I don't have children, but they're seeing your kids and your family, and you've yeah. soon got access to everything, right? So people are a lot more vulnerable, and you find that they opened up, and our team definitely strengthened yeah. for it, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Relationships are humanised. You know, that's mm. the way I describe that. Um, you know, I've been on conference calls when I've had pieces of Lego come in from the side of the screen. It's my, my little just trying to feed a piece of Lego into the call. Thanks for that, mate. Um, <laughs> Point is, he's showing off his masterpiece. <laughs> everything's humanised, and, and that's great because um, I think that demonstrating those vulnerabilities or just the reality of who you are, yeah, that builds a stronger relationship, that aids the communication process. And if you've got that communication process well established, you know, so every day without fail, we talk as a team, mm-hmm. and it can be a half hour kind of deep rooted, um, work driven or it can be every Friday we'll get together and have, we'll have a virtual beer for a bit you know but the point is you, you, you have that regular dialogue that's the most important thing if you enrich the dialogue with a couple of things as well the first is um, a shared objective you know going back to the why mm-hmm. very very clear articulation of a shared objective and crucially the roles that each individual is playing in that shared objective because there's there is definitely 
as we as we work in a pretty tough climate, there is definitely the potential to feel isolated and um, that you're not necessarily adding value. So I think it's really important for a leader to emphasize the input that each individual will have to a given objective and crucially maintain some kind of progress, you know, constant conversation with each individual around how they're getting on, you know, um, as I said before, offering the safety nets and, and, and the stewardship and the guidance if, if things aren't, quite go, aren't going quite right. Um, but equally crucially, when things are good, celebrate the successes. You know, it's just really, really important to maintain energy because that's the one thing that can drop off when you're working in this environment, in my, in my view. Yeah. What do you do or what do you think you've done differently um, at People Plus to celebrate those successes? Uh, it's not just a me. It's, it's a business thing. Uh, we mm. put celebrating successes at, at the heart of, of what we do. Uh, and again, you know, <laughs> very lucky to work for an organisation that, that, that gets the basics like that. So, right, here he comes. Um, <laughs> um, I'm so, excited. <laughs> so every month we have a Simply the Best um, awards ceremony. Um, and we, we celebrate in the achievements of individuals and teams against our, our behaviours every month. Yeah, every month. And it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic because, you know, it, it's pretty humbling to see what goes on in the business. It's a big business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots that goes on. That, 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 how many, how many is there employed at people? About 1,200 at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty significant. So how, do you, how does that work at the moment? With, I assume that you're all still remote working. How, how does that work at the moment? Well, we, we've actually got a shift of mixing and moving back towards office delivery. Um, okay. So obviously what we do in, in, in trying to help people gain the, the skills to secure um, jobs and then progress their careers does rely on an element of kind of face-to-face contact. Yeah. So I think have been open since June and we're mm. really doing everything we can to, to kind of play our part in the national recovery in that regard. But you're More right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Critical now. But you're right. Also, there's a large swathe of the organisation still working from home. Um, And and, and how we do that, um, I'm very happy to say, is facilitated by tech. Yeah. So I didn't have a crystal ball. It's not like I predicted the global pandemic, but the work we've done to um, put a tech platform in place has really facilitated the business kind of maintaining the the closeness and the richness of the relationships that we've got during, during the lockdown period. Um, and then we, we kind of, through regular comms, there's that point, again, through regular comms, we're constantly seeking and encouraging feedback from the business as to what people have been doing, what's great about it, and then we take that time to celebrate the success. And that principle ripples down. You know, I know that stuff happens at a divisional level. Uh, it happens at a kind of a functional level in, in, in my area as well. It's just a it's just a behaviour we've got, you know. It's so easy to overlook the successes and focus on the negatives, but how motivating is it to go back and go, you know what, we did that really well and well done. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Um, it would be really good to understand, um, obviously I think you said earlier that um, there have been like kind of some changes within the structure, um, obviously with everything that's going on with, with COVID, um, I think, you know, as a result of that, there's a, a number of businesses have had many changes and employees have had to deal with all sorts of internal changes within the office, the effects, the emotional and health and well-being effects that COVID has had 
um, on everyone. Is there anything that you've done as a business or done more of that perhaps you were doing before anyway um, to help um, around the change management and around kind of, I guess, feelings of any anxious feelings within the workplace, any health and wellbeing initiatives that you've implemented that might be useful for others to know about? Uh, again, People Plus was, was really on the forefront of health and wellbeing mm-hmm. long before COVID. It's been one of the one of the core capabilities having a a distinct health and wellbeing uh, service that is obviously undertaken internally as well as offered to our, our client base too. So, I think the, the short answer is simply taking full advantage of the capabilities that we'd already got in the business in terms of understanding and assessing, um, you know, the, 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 the mental health and well-being of each of, of, each of us at an individual level and crucially um, reacting to it. I mean, I was uh, luckily, lucky enough to undertake our mental health first responder train at, at the end of last year. And there a number of us across the organisation have, have taken on either mental health first aid or first responder type positions Mm -hmm. in the business really to be there um, for for colleagues who find themselves in a position that they that they want to talk whatever whatever reason Mm -hmm. it might be Um, and yeah looping back around to to the original question is there anything that we've done differently I don't think there's anything that we've done fundamentally differently I think what we've done is maintained a profile and a presence of how crucial that is so now more than ever, you know, I mentioned before, how easy is it to feel isolated and, and kind of retract into your, into your bubble when you're working from home and you're not seeing people. So I just think we've got the basics right, you know, that communication, that focusing on what's important, shared objectives, shared commitments, celebrating the successes, all of these small component parts mm-hmm. add up to doing everything that you can to steward uh, a business and everyone who works for it through a really tough period. It sounds like you've been consistent with it, which is key as well, isn't it? I think plenty of people picked it up and then dropped it and picked it up and dropped it. Whereas if you brought that consistently across the business, it certainly helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, even us, we work with people all day. We're super sociable. We've got loads of friends that we stay in touch with all the time. Big, busy social lives. But even at times like we felt, you feel you do feel alone don't you with covid so it's just super important that people who do work behind the scenes they might not talk to anyone all day you're checking in on your on your team and making sure that everyone is all right something that i wanted to look back to was you mentioned earlier that you were that you weren't too focused on your career initially and then you kind of became quite i guess that was something that you career focused what changed what what made you have that switch um I, on, on, I reflect on this a lot. The honest answer is I'm not really sure what changed. There was no, there was no eureka moment. Um, you know, I, I was in, in, enjoying my role that I was because for the first five years of my career, I was in system design. Design, sorry. Um, so the, definitely the most technical hands-on role I've ever had. I was pretty good at it. I was never going to set the world on fire as a as a, as a developer, but you know, <laughs> I'm okay. But the one thing that um, that I was evidently pretty good at was going and talking to people. You know, I was only yeah. a kid, but I was the, the person that would get sent out by the team to go and do the solutioning sessions and do the due diligence because A, I enjoyed it, and B, evidently what I was doing was okay. And um, I think I just came to a realisation, and I was really lucky to have a quality, quality manager by the name of Chris Emmons back then as well, 
Uh, so I sought a lot of advice from him. But I just came to the realisation that I could tick along indefinitely doing this mm. role. I'm sure I could. But really, uh, there's so much more potential just to follow those kind of more innate skill sets and go into, go into roles that draw on those skill sets. And um, yeah, the rest was history, as they say. So it's been a long, successful career in tech. What would you say your greatest achievements be? Um, I'm not done yet, unless you know something. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, greatest today. achievements today. today. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was like this is your life. <laughs> um, not closing the book yet, don't worry. <laughs> so I, I've enjoyed uh, leading a number of transformation programs. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a real feeling of success when you um, have looked under a, a stone and found something that's particularly ugly and thought, right, I need to fix that, I fix that. Um, and that's kind of what, what my, my CV kind of orients around is, is delivering transformations. Um, the most notable and, and recent that I'm really proud of is how we've uh, fundamentally rebuilt the end user compute solution for, for people plus um, we have got something that's pretty leading edge for the market. Now I'm very, very proud of the platform that it's given the business and the opportunity that we have then gone, then got, now we've done the heavy lifting and put the foundation mm-hmm. in place. We've mm-hmm. now got the opportunity to rapidly accelerate how we're, how we're really helping the business progress and you know, play our part in the national recovery using tech as a key facilitator. So that is, that is the most recent. Yeah, you know, really, really proud of that. Um, really, the impact that that's going to have on your team and mm. what People Plus do, like you say, yeah. and the nation itself is pretty impressive. So anything you can do to lean out their process and enable the People Plus group to do a better job is is fantastic for everyone. Right, it's win win. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so I've got one last question for you. Um, what's your, um, I always like to ask this question to give um, others an idea of, um, you know, what else they can do and what else they could potentially get involved in. Um, we, as a business, we run quite a lot of um, webinars and events. Um, obviously, we've got this leadership podcast, we've got Women in Tech podcast and, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, is there anything that you get involved in from a tech community point of view, any conferences or events that you feel that would be worth sharing with the listeners that might be worth them getting involved in that could, you know, whether it be something tech related or leadership related that might help them with their journey? Uh, so from a tech perspective, I'm, I'm a member of uh, a number of kind of local um, communities and forums, either, you know, something as simple as WhatsApp groups with a couple of hundred of us, so right through to things that are by, uh, facilitated by social media, LinkedIn being the most notable. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done a lot of work with Gartner over the years, so you probably cool. Gartner, um, and yeah. placed huge, huge value on the um, the that the findings that you generate through their symposium mm. and, and other events, um, you know, it's, it's a way of, of striking that, that dual benefit of networking and really getting to understand what's happening at a market and an industry, mm-hmm. an industrial level, right through to getting into the detail of, of what's trending and, and what's moving and ultimately using that insight to drive 
you know, the, 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 the strategy for your own business. Um, and I'm pretty lucky these days. I think it's probably um, yeah, where, 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 my, where my career is. I'm, I'm invited to, I'm lucky to be invited to a number of, of events um, and um, different activities, uh, undertake those that I can and are of particular mm-hmm. interest. You know, there are two, two areas right now that I think are really going to grow at, at a pretty unparalleled pace over the next mm-hmm. couple of few years. Um, likelihood is that COVID is going to drive this as well as businesses really lock into the notion of transformation to perhaps protect themselves from, from, from further COVID type impacts. The first is uh, RPA, uh, robotic process mm-hmm. automation that in my view is going to boom. It's not new, you know, RPA has been around for, for a particularly long period of time, but um, as organizations seek to transform, you can guarantee that what we're doing is that we're focusing on their, their key resources, the people in their organizations that are doing the, the, the people value driven tasks, the clerical heavy lifting, you know, with, with the right rule set, the right data set, the right script, can be automated so genuinely yeah. there's going to be a boom in that area what will feed a lot of that is the second um, um growth area in my view and that is the further shift away from reporting of what we did do to the analytical assessment of what you could do so really using data aggregation mm-hmm. of data the analysis of data to drive an evidence-based strategy you know and the two will absolutely link into each other because if you're looking at automation you need to look at TCO of a given situation and in order to do that you need the data around the current operating model so there's a there's a, there's a nice link between those two key key development areas but uh, those two are without doubt the the areas that I, I see particular uh, investment in moving forwards Fantastic. interesting so um we love to end the podcast with what you've got going on what's your agenda at the moment what are the tw- next 12 months look like for you um, any big plans, personal and professional, that you're looking forward to? <laughs> um, so personal, you, you catch me at a pretty transformative uh, week or two. My, my son uh, started school last week, so he's going through oh, a, okay. a bit of a settling in period. I'll be getting on. Um, he comes out in, having loved it, not too happy going in. Grumbles <laughs> 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 going in. Uh, good morning. Um, but yeah, he, he's loving it. Um, so he, lovely. He, it. And um, from a professional perspective, uh, back, back to People Plus and the, and the, uh, and the, the, the mission of the organisation is to play its part in the national recovery. You know, mm-hmm. so we are perfectly positioned to to help those unfortunate enough to either be out of work in in the long term or displaced through COVID. Um, get the skills and um, help kind of rebuild confidence and help them secure roles and uh, progress their careers and improve their lives. You know, that's what mm-hmm. we are about. Yeah. And from a, from a, you know, my team perspective, our absolute focus right now is on um, the continual development of the, the technology services that we've got that allow people, you know, our, the people that we want to work with, the public that we want to work with, allow to I, I find our services and enroll onto mm-hmm. them and have a great experience along the way and get them as quickly as possible through to um, the, the colleagues in the business that are going to guide them through kind of the interventions, as we call them, as they undertake, undertake work with us. So that's absolutely what me and the guys and the team are focused on right now, uh, fleshing out that, 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 that platform, the technology offer to 
get out there and uh, make our services available to as many people as possible and help play that part in the national recovery. Did you, as part of like prior to COVID, obviously this isn't something you do at the moment, but have you managed to see part of the frontline piece of the team? Do you, is that something that you do within your team, go and actually see what goes on at the real cold edge of it, I guess? Not as much as I want. Mm. Um, yes. That'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, for example, we work in uh, prison education delivery. Uh, and you know I've, I've been lucky enough to go out and spend some time with colleagues in prisons and seeing what it what it's like to deliver educational services to um, to, to to inmates in in um, inside prison establishment mm-hmm. and you know really trying to again bridge that gap between providing this this, this better service that's technology enabled but working with it within the understandable constraints of uh, a prison environment and that that that's one extreme. Totally other end of the spectrum is that we're one of the um, the leading organisations in the country to help people start up their own um, business ventures, you know, the the enterprise business as we call it. And it's been great working with Matt Dooley and the guys in the enterprise team, really understanding what it is that, that they do day to day, working with people, helping them set up their businesses, helping them run, run the businesses and, and keep them successful. And back to the point of what part can we play in that? How can we make that an even better experience? So short answer is not enough, but yeah, we do. We do do whatever we can. That's awesome. I'm sure you're going to get loads of people that want to reach out to find out what's going on at People Plus. And if anyone does want to reach out to you, what's the um, best way for them to get in contact, Ben? Is it LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. Ben Dale on LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. You've been a fantastic guest for us today. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time out to come and uh, chat with me and Sandra. Thank you for having me. Thank you.